Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Valor Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Valor Designs blog, howtodecorate.com. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen Mooney. I head up branding at Ballard. So we're going to do some trials and triumphs. So I'm going to start because my triumph is that I fixed my sofa cushion, which was my trial last time. Your double-sided holy sofa cushion because yes. of your dog. Karen, you were here. So you know how Annie licked a hole in... Remember? Remember how Annie licked a hole in her sofa cushion? Lo- yes, Annie I licked remember. A hole in my yes. Sofa cushion. And I was like, don't flip it. Keep that guess hole. Guess what I did? I flipped it. <laughs> no, you didn't. And, and she licked another hole. <laughs> she licked yes. holes in right. fabric. Yeah. Karen warned you. I know. I'm pretty sure I told you. You both that. warned me, mm-hmm. but I am hard-headed, all right. All right. and I did it. You learned. So Will was like all in a tizzy about it, and we had it. We have an annual Christmas party every year. So you got and rid of Annie. <laughs> She's done. We're done with her. <laughs> no. Shelter. Um, and he was like, I really cannot handle having a hole in our sofa at our Christmas party because... It's going to be like one of the first things people see when they I, come in. I would have totally judged you. I would have totes. So, Had I been invited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. kidding. We're kidding with you. <laughs> Caroline so, did invite me. Okay. I wouldn't even notice. So I tried, well, I, first I tried to order some, I tried to find a fabric. My Okay. Let's start over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Babbling. You, you were worse. <laughs> so... In the last episode, y'all remember that I t- we talked about what I was going to do. And my plan was really just to get the same color fabric, but a different fabric because I, it was going to be too hard to match. Right. It. And that's basically what I did. I um, took just one of the pillows off the back cushions and I brought it to Ballard to try to find a match. None of our grays were like brown enough because mm-hmm. it's, I kind of always thought of it as charcoal, but it actually has a lot of brown in it. Uh-huh. Gray is very specific, you know, because it yeah. can go all over the place. And everything we had was too cold, so I went to Lewis and Sharon, which is the little fabric store near our office. It's amazing. And like, if you live in Atlanta, go there. It's yeah, great. and they also have a good they have a good site, so you can you can. Oh, um, I didn't know they had a website. Stuff online, yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, for fabric, you probably want to go see it in person. Yeah, but, but anyway. put, will you put a link? Because it's really a great resource if yeah. you live in Atlanta. Yes, I will put a link in the show notes. So, um, I took my my and I y'all I totally procrastinate. I'm not usually a procrastinator, but I was meeting the um, slipcover lady the next day and we were shooting on location. So during my lunch break, I had to go down to the store. I walked in the second I saw, um, like the second I walked in, there was a rack of like the perfect fabrics and the fabric that I wanted was half off. It was 15 bucks a yard. Nuh-uh. I got six yards and two days That's later, cool. um, I had my sofa cushion. It only took so- two days. Well, so my, the reason that this happened so fast is because my slipcover lady was getting her floors redone. Mm-hmm. So she had only a very small window of time before our party, before her floors were getting redone. Anyway, it was very Riddle me this, Caroline. How do you find a slipcover lady? So this is what I did. Okay. Years ago, I wanted slipcovers made. And I found this interior designer slash blogger online in Atlanta. 
And she had recently talked about getting slipcovers made. So I emailed her and I was like, hey, lady. Hey, lady. <laughs> Who's your person? Hey, lady. And she sent me the name of her, her girl. And so I've used her like probably six or seven times over the years. I've- You're going to get emailed now. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You'll have to put a link. She's great, but I Atlanta. can't give out her name. <gasps> it's a we'll secret. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, but it stops here. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. right. No, I have given her name to people when they've asked, but. Um, you have to pay it forward, Caroline. Yeah. I would, I would. Okay. But um, anyway, she was really good, and so, so it was I have fixed. So it, it's the same color, but it's a different texture. It's like nubbier than the linen that it was, but it looks good. So that's awesome. That's one thing off my list. Phew, phew. Um, triumph. And then my triumph. I thought that was your triumph. Oh, that is my triumph. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh-huh, my uh-huh. trial. Okay, so my trial is that I had my Christmas party this past week. I know it's January and like the holidays are all over, but um, we had it. Like mid December, and y'all, like Snowpocalypse 2.0. It did in Atlanta. It really threw a wrench into all of our plans. We had to do everything at the last minute. And I hate being like down to the wire when I'm entertaining. Mm-hmm. And because we had to run all these errands the day of the party, which I had originally planned to do way in advance, I was still like cooking when people came in, and I hate that. Oh, yeah. You know, because you want to be able to Because it like, snowed Friday and the party was Saturday. Yes. And like still Saturday morning, there was. There was snow everywhere, and we had you know. to go get the keg, and we had to get all the stuff. And there was so, a keg. We got a little, pe- a little. I'm sorry you weren't invited, Karen. I know. <laughs> you know, I like a keg party. <laughs> we got a little pencil, one of those little baby kegs, you know. Yeah, like pencil keg. Anyways, um, so yeah. I kind of hate having work to do. When people that is come stressful. In, but it's very stressful, anyways, and I get so cranky. Do? I get so cranky, and I get so mad at my husband because if I told you what he does anytime we're having any kind of people over, it could be ten people or it could be a hundred people. This is what he does at like an hour before the party. He's like, "I'm gonna go for a run," and I'm like, "What? Are, Are you out help? of your mind?" Oh, it's just I'll be done in like you know an hour. And I'm like, people showing up in like forty five minutes. You. Can, he, He's usually like, you know, on the treadmill, sweaty when people start showing up or in the shower. Makes me insane. That would drive me crazy. Oh my gosh, it makes me insane. So now he he like jokes with me about it. He's like, oh, I've got, I've got to go for a run. I'm like, I will murder you <laughs> in your sleep. Stab you. In your sleep. <laughs> with this pickle fork. P.S. Uh-huh. I used my pickle fork. Got pickle it. fork. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Good I actually southern thought girl. about y'all. I was like, James Farmer should be here. Got my pickle fork out. <laughs> my pickle fork. That reminds me of my trial. Shall I tell it? Yes, go. So I threw this big party for my girlfriend, who is my age and is getting remarried. So it was an engagement party. And I told you, like, I know all these people getting married. I'm too old for that, you know. But now it's either people getting remarried or the children or nieces or nephews, people I know. Because I'm 47 years old. Which my other girlfriend, the girlfriend (laughs) I threw this party for, reminded me just the other day, only 18 months till I'm 50, I almost had to punch her in the face. (laughs) I was like, what? Because it didn't occur to me that in 18 months I'll be 50. I looked at her like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, it's true. In 18 months I'll be 50. Thanks, Kathy Briggs. Anyway. So, <laughs> Kathy Briggs is getting married. So, I was throwing her an engagement party. And um and this was probably I don't know, a month ago. It was nice enough in Atlanta to be outside, and it was planned specifically so that we could do it in the backyard. Had a DJ, had um, you know, the table set up in the backyard. I spent probably a good 3 days outside like scrubbing wow. cushions, 
scrubbing, you know, like the area where I have a, a ping pong table, like getting that all scrubbed down, power washing. I styled out my like potting shed table, you know, so when people walked by, it could be where they put their gifts and all the stuff, right? Hours, days, hours and days, days and hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably an hour before the party, an hour before people are showing up, downpour. Huge, oh, no. huge downpour. Uh. So I, by the time I see it starting to kind of drizzle and I run out my back door to throw like a tarp over this outdoor sectional that I had pulled out of the pergola and put like in the grass so I could have the bar in the pergola anyway. So it was uncovered. I was going to throw a tarp over that because it was just a little sprinkle and I could pull it off. And we, by the time I got down the stairs, to, this is after I'd done my hair, by the way, yeah. I'm like dressed for the party. Um, oh, no. By the time I get down the back stairs to throw the tarp over this thing, I was drenched, like whole to like the bone drenched. It was like whoosh, out of the sky. The whole yard was so mushy and wet. We couldn't have the party outside. Oh, I had to bring no. everything inside, uh, all of the food and the flowers and the D like I had nowhere to put a DJ. I had to figure out where to put a bar inside. So yeah. So everyone's like running around. My, my husband was not running. Um, <laughs> this is why you don't go running an hour right? before the party. Exactly. You just never know what what's going to happen. Spontaneous downpour. So we had to figure out where to put a bar. We had to figure out where to put the food. We had to figure out where to put the DJ. Well, he ended up being on the back deck by himself. The DJ? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. He couldn't really hear his music very much. But um, he was there. But he was there. Um, and But it all ended up fine and lovely and beautiful. Um, but man, it was a lesson in learning mm. how to pivot really fast wow. and you just make oh, it happen. No, yeah. And, you know, ultimately people had no idea, you know, that it was all planned to be outside and all this stuff, but oh, it was going to be so That's much so better generous. outside. Yeah. Do I even have a triumph? I don't know. Let me look at my notes. <laughs> That's my I will say with that, it's always, we've had like, when we throw the Halloween party every year, it's the, the years where like it rains and you're like. Mm -hmm. my house is not big enough to support everyone inside at this point so you're like this you need that outdoor terrible. space yeah anyway yeah well all right i got google fiber that could be a triumph <laughs> that's it how how do you like it well so far i like it except mm. so in atlanta we have like one well i guess we have three options for cable we have uverse Com comcast is that the same mm -hmm. thing it's AT&T no. or Comcast or Google. Yeah. Google's fairly new. And or only like certain parts TV. of the city get it. Did I already talk about this? Because you were like, I did. I can't well, have that as my Well, you media cabinet. Oh, and that. did I tell you I Velcroed the boxes to the back? <gasps> Y'all, it's working great. Because they're Bluetooth. You don't really have to like direct your remote I'm at so your jealous. video That's box. Awesome. It's a Bluetooth thing. Of course you had to bring thing. it up again. So I Velcroed <laughs> my boxes to the back of my media cabinet. So I have no boxes, no cords. Beautiful. It's awesome. You'll be so jealous. I will be jealous. I need to see it. I'll put I'll put you a picture somewhere. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's all I have. All right. I feel like I have <laughs> she more good stuff. Fiber was your triumph. Well, here's what it doesn't have, though. You know what I got so used to in the like the six months I had it is when talking to your remote. Um, do you guys do that where you can um, like watch Game of Thrones and it'll pull up Game of Thrones? Nope. I just fancy. saw that on the um on on a commercial. You so don't have the it? Girl from, um, you need to go get it house. this second. No, because then it sounds like you can't live without it. It's just best never to live with it. <laughs> well, but they don't have it on Google Fiber. They That's only have I'm it saying. on Comcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. If anyone does not have that and it's available to them, go get your remote changed right now. 
Okay. You get so used to it because, you know, you flip through the channels, flip, yeah. flip, flip, search, search, search. No, you just say, hey, Shark Tank. That's it's nice. like, okay, here's Shark Tank. Okay, cool. <laughs> Caroline's not impressed by it. Yeah, yours. she's like, whatever. We're going to get I'm people writing I'm still mad in. about the Google Fiber thing. Google Fiber ends one block from a house. Oh, one block. So, like 50 Ooh. yards. Not even 50 yards, probably. So you can see the fiber. <laughs> You're like, get, get over it. here, fiber. They even had can you Google get an extension guys, cord? Like, driving down our house. So you really were like, it's happening. Street. And then you couldn't I'm get not. it. Pretty much. Mm. Sorry. All right, fine. So, I'm done. Okay, all right, all right. So my trial and triumph, I'm going to roll together. And you two definitely know about it, but I guess no one else does that listens. <laughs> um, I actually had a baby boy. Baby birdie. And so I was not sick, <laughs> per se. Um, I don't think I even got to, like, announce I was pregnant on the podcast because things started to go downhill pretty quickly for me, and I kind of kept it quiet to ourselves, or to me, my husband kept it close. And so he was born 24 weeks and six days is how old he was when he was born. He was a pound and 10 ounces. Um, it was an emergency C-section, and so I was out. <laughs> when and, was he born? Give us the date. Um, October 20th. Mm-hmm. So he is now, well, I guess he's huge. He's, yes, mm-hmm. he is big boy. We're still <laughs> we're still learning to breathe. Breathing's not so easy for preemies, but um, we've been so blessed to be so close to the hospital. Um, we didn't know this was going to happen, but we're in a really great NICU here in Atlanta. So we're um, at Northside Hospital. I'll give them a shout out because I'm throwing money at them. And <laughs> and my favorite person's now hanging out Spending there. Spending a so. lot of time there. Yeah, probably. a lot. Of, it's my second home. It's not decorated very well, but they do their best. How's so. the lighting? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. And all the vinyl sofas to sit on. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so... I guess my trial would have been, uh, I mean, him coming so early and not having his room ready and (laughs) not having, we haven't even had showers or anything. So we don't have much. Um, We kind of started talking about his room and then all of a sudden it was like, as soon after he was born, we got home and my husband's like, let's get this done. So, um, we, I told you guys we painted the trim black. Because this used to be walls. your office, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, my art room that I changed. That I think I told y'all we painted the trim and I showed you a photo. And um, I got the chartreuse panels that are the ballad ones. I got those hung. Um, got a nice big black and white rug for him and got a. a the chair Lighter? that, yeah. The, the Larkin. The Larkin. You got the Larkin. Love. I got the Larkin. Yeah. Can we share some photos? In black and white. Oh, yeah. Did you get an Anders? I think you got Randers. In Randers. I got yeah, in a Randers really fabric. fabric. I have a day bed in there. Um, I have this whitewash. I got a day bed in there. I mean, the room is really sponsored by Ballard, but that's because <laughs> I work there. I had a day bed in my child's nursery, and let me tell you, I thought it was the best thing in the world because you're so tired in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? And yeah. if like, they're sick or something, you can lay right there. And they're in their crib, so they're learning to sleep alone. But you're close, and you can sleep. And, you know, it's just so smart, I think, to have a day bed in a baby's room. Well, I'll let you know. I okay. probably will feel <laughs> the same. That's how we kind of felt. We yeah. were like, well, I mean, at least. And it's an extra, in our house, it's nice to keep that extra bed if we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he has a lot of stuff yet, question mark. So, <laughs> well, um, it could be his, like, bed when he's. Yeah, later. Needs a, yeah, big boy bed. How yeah. much does he weigh now? Um, today we are three 
pounds, 13 ounces. Whoa. Huge. So we're huge in comparison. He's yes. almost four times as big as he was when he was born. Yes. That yes. is so cool. So we have, yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. he is a Halloween baby. Have you yeah. thought about that? Because yes. Like oh, absolutely. Yes. Next year, you guys, at <laughs> Halloween time, be ready. Because not on top of our regular Halloween party, we're going to have to have a Halloween Like a blowout for his birthday, yeah. obviously. Oh, it obviously is going to be a major blowout. <laughs> he put the kibosh on your party this year. He did. Mm-hmm. We did have to cancel our Halloween party this year. Um, Thanks for obviously. nothing, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That means next year's will be twice as big is how I picture it. Oh, Plus, he'll yeah. be here. We're all so excited, though. Yes. Yes, thank you. So I think, um, you know, I've been so lucky to that he's had he's growing and we're so excited. And so I'll get to complain soon, like Karen, about mm-hmm. kids' stuff. And like, <laughs> right. so I'm sure my stories will now change to being, I'll, I'll be able to Where actually like, yeah, Child <laughs> relate biggest. to a whole new group of people <laughs> about decorating. So I'll let you know as my interiors take a beating at, at my house, not my body. <laughs> I can't believe you went through all that and you only missed one podcast. Pretty good, guys. I know. That's amazing. Your dedication is admirable. We missed you. We Aww. did miss you. I know. My what son came it? in and tried to pretend he was you, but it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep you guys updated as he goes. But for right now, we're still teeny, but we're we're still there. But but he's over doubled in time. Almost four times. That's true. Yeah. So we're 32 weeks old now, so we're getting bigger. Yeah. Yay. Anyway, yay. On to design Congratulations. Stuff. <laughs> Thanks. Yay, babies. <laughs> So excited to have Jennifer Bowles as our guest today. You're pretty much a decorating, like basically historian, correct? Yes, that's I mean, what I love. You know everything there is to know about designers, furniture, decor. You have a book, and you're working on another one. Working on another one. Yeah, I spend a lot of time researching and thinking about design legends from the past. It almost makes it sound like I have no social life, which I really do, but I love to spend my time doing it. I see you out and about in Atlanta, so I can vouch for the fact that you do leave I get away from my books for a while. So so how do you- can't forget to mention that you also have a blog. Oh, yeah. Yes. I bet everyone listening has found themselves- Well, you're a blog pioneer. Yeah, because it started in 2006. Mm -hmm. So it was a long time ago. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Sometimes it feels like it was 30 years ago because (laughs) it's a lot of work. But yeah, so early on, there were, I'm usually not someone who's at the cutting edge of technology at all. But for some reason, I mean, I just had spent so many years researching um, Dorothy Draper and Elsie DeWolf, and I had all this information in my head. And when I heard, I was watching TV, I think it was like CNN or something, and they talked about a political blog. And I had that Oprah aha moment where I thought, oh, well, this will be a fun creative outlet because I needed some place to put all this information in my head. Right. So I started it just for fun, thinking no one would read it, and then it took off. So How wrong you were. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, here's my question. Who are the three, like, big designer names that we should all know and have in our vocabulary, like Ooh. our decorating vocabulary? Oh, my gosh, that's so hard. Um because you don't want to sound dumb, especially us. I mean, we're trying to pretend like we know what we do on the podcast. So help us not be stupid. Okay. Well, I think so. I think it has to be five. Okay. Five. Okay. So five. you have <laughs> to know about Elsie DeWolf because mm-hmm. she was really the first um, professional decorator 
um, in the 20th century. And so it's very important to know about her. Um, my personal favorite is Dorothy Draper because I've always loved her work. And um, it's just, it was always so exuberant. You have to know about Billy Baldwin because he really made American decorating modern. I was looking on your... Um not to interrupt you, but I was looking at your blog today and you have like 30 posts about Billy Baldwin. He, I mean, he was, I think if you had to name one American designer who was the most important, I really think it was Billy Baldwin because he really changed the way we decorated our homes and he brought cotton upholstery into our living rooms and he, he brought a, a modern sensibility and, you know, we're still, that's the way we decorate today. So I think he's critically important. Um, Albert Hadley was very important. Um, and then I think Nancy Lancaster and John Fowler, just for the whole British, mm -hmm. you know, the English country house look. I think that that's important too. Wow. Mm -hmm. What, I mean, why are you so interested in the history of design? <laughs> I mean, what got you on this thinking I, you know, I can make a living doing this? I no. mean, come on. Okay. No. So <laughs> I will tell you, it was actually a book it was Dorothy Draper's Decorating is Fun. Have y'all read that? Mm. Okay. That's, Start there. that's your homework assignment. Okay. I got to write this down. And it was published in 1939, but it's, I mean, it's back in print, I believe. And so it's easy to get a copy. And I, I don't know, somehow I got a first edition copy of it. This was a long time ago. And I think I read the book in one, in one night. And the thing is, it had, it's, it's the most fun you will ever have reading a decorating book because it has a ton of practical information that actually is still applicable today. I mean, it's just good, solid decorating advice, but the way she wrote it, it's so, um, or probably a ghostwriter wrote it, um, <laughs> but it's so upbeat and energetic. And when you read it, it puts you in the best mood and it makes you want to do everything she tells you to do, like paint your front door red and, um, you know, I don't know, put black and white striped fabric on a chair. I mean, you, it will put you in the best mood. Well, all of her interiors are, like you said, so uplifting and joyful. They are. They are. I mean, it's just, it's like spectacle. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I think I could live with elements of her style, but, but this book, you have to read it. It's just, it's, it's the most fun. And it's kind of, it's kind of crazy too. the book. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's very different, but, um, but that was the book that I think just set me down this path. And I'd always loved history. I was a history major at Swanee mm -hmm. and, um, where Caroline went. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know. It's just like, you know, I, I'd always loved design and loved old houses and antiques. And so I don't know, it's just, I combined two loves. And so, kind of set me down this whole different path. What were you doing when you started the blog? I was working for my father's company. I was in the business world. And what's funny is, and I think I've told you, Karen, I've told you this before, but I almost um, worked at Ballard 20 years That's ago. That's right, you did tell me that. Mm -hmm. oh, really? And yeah, which was so funny. And I had a job offer there. I mean, I was pretty much right out of college. And I almost did it. I think it was for an administrative assistant position or something. And that was back in the days when if you were graduated from college and you made $20,000 a year, you were doing really well mm -hmm. it was before people started making more money. And so um, I almost did it. But then my father said, no, I want you to come work for my company so that you know the ins and outs of running your own business, which has been great. I mean, it's helped me so much professionally, but I almost worked at Ballard. <laughs> 
That's wow. funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very we, small world. We would have yeah. been lucky. I know. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I think, gosh, what life would have been like had I taken that job at Ballard? <laughs> yes, but then we wouldn't have these fantastic books to look forward to. That's true. true. That's true. Everything happens for a reason. So. That's true. <laughs> and Anne's come full circle. She's yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still a big Ballard shopper. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Yes. Really? What have you bought lately? <laughs> I bought a pair of the Miles Red um, urns. Nice. Those white, cool cool the white urns. Kind of I urns. love those. I had, I have these, a pair of bookcases in my bedroom and they're really cool, but there was two, uh, it always bugged me the gap between the tops of the bookcases and the ceiling. And I always felt like I need something there and my bed faces it. So every morning I'd wake up and I think, oh, those gaps, they kill me. You need me. some fake ivy. Oh yeah, like a nice, nice nineteen eighties. You thought it, and then it needs to be dusty as well. Dusty, I'm sorry. That just brought back bad memories, right? Yes. So thankfully, I didn't go that route. But I had been thinking if I could only find a pair of vintage plaster urns, and I had looked and looked for years, and I couldn't find the right thing. And then the day Miles's collection came out, I got the email. I was like, oh, let me check this out. And so I went online, and I thought, those are my urns. Done. And so, and they're perfect. It was it was like they were meant to be there. And he even... That's how he showed them in mm-hmm. that catalog on top of bookcases. Yeah, and time. I saw that too later, yeah. and I thought, see, okay, that's right. <laughs> I'm on the I right track here. Brought you our January, our copy of our next book. I forgot our next right. catalog. Yeah, um, sneak peek. I mean, in like three weeks early, but he has some rooms <laughs> in it that you would love. Ooh, Ooh okay, wait. Being yeah. a, okay, this will come out after this podcast will air after. His next collection is out. And he talks, um, I just did an interview with him. He talks about his inspiration for the rooms. And he, he gives you a little little decorating history. The pink talks, of the Gloria Vanderbilt thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Gloria Vanderbilt's love of pink buffalo check. Yes. And he has like an ode mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one. And his name is, okay, maybe you can guess who this is. He is French. And he has a castle outside of Paris called the Chateau de Grousset. Mm-hmm. Charles de Bayes de Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I mean, you know. are smart. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> and he did like a um, an office with green velvet on the walls <gasps> with like blue. Oh. He said lapis blue chairs. Mm. I guess this guy really liked that combination. Anyways, oh, I'm so excited! I can't wait. I'll send you. I'll send you one. But see, that's the thing. I mean, so many of I think the most interesting designers also have a love and knowledge of design history, like Miles, um, Alex Papa Christides, Bunny Williams knows so much about design history, Michael mm-hmm. Smith. I mean, you know, and they, they, they're very knowledgeable about that. And so they can reference those, those, you know, iconic interiors, but they make them their own. Right. And Bunny all, often talks in speeches or lectures, whatever, about educating yourself, educating your eye, understanding what you're looking at, mm-hmm. you know, learning about, um, you know, different eras and different styles and all of that so that you know what you're buying and what you're putting in a room. Exactly. Because it's, it's not all just chance, you know? No. I, I think we, we talk about interior design, you know, it's a real thing. It is. It's, <laughs> it's not right. just a hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real thing, putting a, putting a room together and understanding how it works mm-hmm. and why it works. There's a lot to it. If we wanted to start our decorating education, which book should we start with? Should we start with these five d- designers that you're talking about and um, start with their books? Because they all have books. They all have books. Okay. So I think you, um, I mean, you have to read 
decorating is fun. I mean, you really, because I just, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and Billy Baldwin Decorates is a great book. And there's actually a lot of good information in there if you read the text, but the pictures are great. The Parish Hadley book mm-hmm. is really, really good. Um, I think that's important. Um, gosh, there's so many. Um, I have to say, Elsie DeWolf wrote that book, A House in Good Taste. And a lot of designers um, referenced that book, but I couldn't get through it. Mm. I could not get through it. It was a little <laughs> too dry for me. But um, Now that is a testament because... You said it's your life. I know, I know. And I had a hard time getting through it. I'm the person who actually reads the articles in magazines and I read, you know. And so, and I had trouble. It it was a little too much for me. I kind of lost interest. But, um, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. You know, that would be (laughs) like, you know, for AP credit. Right. Um, (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, but Billy Baldwin's book, definitely. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go home, get on Amazon and order all of those. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, current books, because I feel, and this is not to disparage anyone today, but I feel like everyone has a book now, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. the thing to do, mm-hmm. like you write your book or, you know, everyone wants to be published and I can understand that. I would love to be published even though I have nothing to say, but, um, <laughs> then why are you on this podcast? That's well, not true. I babble. <laughs> it's nothing of substance, but when you're out there looking around, how do you decide this is going to be a good book for me? It's going to add it's going to add something to what I already know. How, how do you decide what to spend money on? Because um, they're not cheap. No, they're not. And unfortunately, not many of us have enough shelf space for all of them. I mean, <laughs> I think if it's if it's a designer whose work you really love or you feel a connection with, then I think you should definitely include those books in your library. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, especially since we order so many of them online, you can't look at them right. beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, I think if it's a designer who has a who's established this lengthy body of work, someone who really has been around for a while, um, and who I guess where there's you know some diversity between the projects and everything. But I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's it's who you have a connection with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and whose interiors really inspire you. Got it. Mm-hmm. But okay, say like I'm really a novice and I don't know. A lot of interior designers by name, you know, because if you if you don't study this as much mm-hmm. as we all do, mm-hmm. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, this just look at them. Would you just I look, would at, look them at them and kind of discuss I mean, if visually you are lucky to enough to have a local bookstore mm-hmm. in your neighborhood, um, I would go and look at them because and and that's the thing um, that I think we miss out on by buying a lot of books online is that mm-hmm. that discovery because I found books at bookstores and I would think, I don't know who this designer is, or maybe it was a European designer. And then I would flip through it and think, oh my gosh, I love this, this designer's work. This is amazing. And I probably wouldn't have found that book had I just been, you know, if I had not had, I not gone to that bookstore. So, I mean, I would say go to the bookstore or gift shops. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many great shops that have design books and just look through them and just see, you know, you'll know pretty quickly whether you like that designer's work or not. I've also noticed too in a lot of um, show houses, when you go to show houses, you can see in the rooms what those designers are propping with. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, yeah. oh, oh, I that, like this room. Mm-hmm. I like this person. Look at the books that they're propping with. Right. And that kind of all dovetails together. And furniture 
like your favorite furniture store probably too. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I know we at Ballard, we have like a whole table right when you walk in the door. Even that's... clothing stores have them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everybody has design yeah, books, books, you mm-hmm. know, because they're beautiful. They right. look great. People love to buy them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think if you can look at them in person and just flip through and you never know, I mean, you might think, oh, I want this book. And then you look through it and think, no, I'm glad I didn't waste my money. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. others you think, oh, I wouldn't have thought to pick up this person's book. Mm-hmm. Is there any... Is there any like recent book that was published that you're like, oh, this is killer. I have to have this one. Um, oh, goodness. I mean, there's Not so well, there's so <laughs> many. I mean, there's so many designer books that really are so good. And um, and what I like is I still cut out mag- uh, articles from magazines. I have this extensive tear sheet file. So it's nice to have that designer's book. So you have it all in one place. Um but actually, there was one book. It's not really a designer book. Um, and I'm oh gosh, I should know the name. It's um, called Ardrossan, I think A R D R O S S A N. And it's this, I'll Google it. Okay, yeah, do. Um, and it's this estate um, on the main line outside of Philadelphia, and. The family and the house was the inspiration for the um, for the book and then the movie, The Philadelphia Story. Oh. And so it was this beautiful estate. It was decorated by this English design firm back in the 20s, I think. And it's still intact today and the family still owns it. Wow. And so you go wow. through room by room. Um, to me, I mean, that was something very interesting because I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't know yeah. about this estate. Um and it's just interesting to see how this family has maintained this beautiful house over the years. And it was decorated now almost 100 years ago. And I mean, and it looks fantastic and it's beautiful. And it was really, it was just really, really interesting. Um, I think it's Ardrosan. It is A-D-R-O-S-S-A-N. Adro- the, I put a link to it in our show notes. The story behind Villanova's Adrosan estate. Yes. It inspired the Philadelphia story. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was interesting. Again, it was a book that, um, I discovered something and I love that. So that was really interesting. Um, but I mean, I still, I love the books that, that, um, featured the design legends from the past. Um, Mm -hmm. and there was also one and it was in, it's entirely in French and it was on this French decorator from the um, mid 20th century named Georges Geoffroy. And, um, I took French in high school and a little bit in college, so I could pick out, you know, a few, I could understand a few paragraphs, but the <laughs> interiors are amazing. Okay. And it's the velvet, the velvet walls, um, mm. you know, the trim wrapped in velvet. He used to, I mean, and it would be that beautiful moss green um, and then animal print velvets on the sofa and the chairs. I mean, it really, it's, it's beautiful, but you that have to order really that, cool. I think on and overseas Amazon. But that <laughs> book was really, um, I mean, it's kind of obscure, but when you look through it, you think, oh my gosh, I would love to live in interiors like these. How do, because a lot of what you're referencing is from the past. Mm-hmm. So how does one interpret a design like that in their home without it feeling like their grandmother's house? Right. So um, I think you have to really think about it before you take the plunge. Like if you want to do something, you know, use some kind of very traditional wallpaper or whatever, and you've got to figure out, okay, how, how do I make it fresh for the 21st century? So maybe it, and usually the way you do it, it's, um, 
It's how you pair it with other things. And so it might be if you buy this amazing antique commode, then you would put a very contemporary painting or a black and white photograph over it. Um, or you might have something where, you know, the walls are in this really um, almost like a shocking color and velvet or something. I think it's it's all about um, the contrast. And I think that's really how you make it seem modern. I mean, you can make chintz, floral chintz seem modern, mm -hmm. um, but you've got to have, it, it's just everything around it can't be old or stuck in the past. You've got to bring in some current things today, whether it's through color or other fabrics or, or art or accessories. So that's a good kind of tip. Like if we've inherited things from our grandparents or our parents mm -hmm. or, or, you know, aunts and uncles, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've talked about that some, Carolyn, of some things that you own that have been passed down to you and how to make them feel mm -hmm. right in your home or you're currently with your family or whatever is mixing it with a piece of modern art or exactly. Like yeah. Because I mean, in my own living room, I have, um, a sofa, um, that was my parents when they first um, were married many, many years ago. And I have it covered in teal velvet. And then one end table, my parents um, used to collect early American antiques, which is very, it's a specific look. Mm -hmm. And so they gave me one of their um, side tables. And so it's, but it's very plain, um, which is good because then I can mix it with other things. So that's actually one of my end tables um, and then the other um, end table is a green lacquered Parsons table. I, and it sounds like a weird combination, but you don't even, I mean, you think, oh, that, that antique table is elegant, but it doesn't stick out mm -hmm. because it's got all of these other things that make it feel fresh. Yeah. Another thing I, I feel like always works is um, like dressing it down. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you like one thing I always love is like a really like maybe it's a kind of a formal like bergere chair or something that's you would picture to be in a really fancy mm -hmm. kind of fabric, but then doing it in like a ticking stripe or right. like a linen like right. with a loose fitting slip cover or just something that feels like real casual because right. it makes you feel like you're not taking that antique old thing too seriously exactly like, it's it's that you know, pairing yeah. it's the old and the new mm -hmm. it's like yeah. wearing like jeans, jeans with a velvet jacket yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. so that you're not overdressed it's like exactly. a little it brings it down right a notch. Yeah. right yeah. interesting mm -hmm. i don't know i just think that looks pretty so tell us about your first book and then tell us about your second book in so, with the old in with the old book. so that came out in 2013 and um time flies time flies I like it was just oh my gosh i see that book everywhere by the way, which is a compliment to you. Well, it's great. Well, it, a designer told me because the cover is a neutral color that mm. it's a good book to put on the top of a stack oh. when you're styling something because it doesn't, <laughs> it's not jarring looking in photographs. So and smart. And I hadn't planned that. I bet if you looked through all of our shoots, like all of the pages in our catalog, I bet you'd see your book <laughs> all over the place. I'm not kidding. I think we probably have three books in our in That our, is so fun. I love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so the reason I wrote the book, and it because when I was going back and looking at all of the old magazines, I would see all these really um, neat classical traditional decorations that I felt like still looked good today or things we should think about using in our home. All these, all these classic 
um, decorations and furnishings. Um, so um, chinoiserie, I think I have ticking in there, um, trompe l'oeil, just all those different things that used to be almost standard in homes a long time ago. And I think we've kind of gotten away from it or we just don't think about, you know, having a trompe l'oeil mural in our houses right. or our wallpaper, something like that. So, um, so it was just writing about all of these classic things that I love and explaining to people, okay, this is how you can use it today. And what's interesting is I had so many people tell me that they, they would go through their house and they would say, I have this chapter, I have this mm -hmm. chapter, <laughs> or they would have things that they had gotten from their parents or grandparents and it was in their attic or their basement. They didn't know what to do with it. And then they actually brought it into, you know, they reupholstered mm -hmm. it or, you know, painted it in a neat color and then brought it into their homes because they hadn't really known what to do with some of these traditional things. So that's how that book um, came about. And so that was a lot of fun to write it. And then for each um thing that I talked about, wrote about, either my sister did illustrations for it because she's, well, she's a serious artist, so she doesn't <laughs> do that kind of, but she did for me. Um, or we photographed these pieces in people's homes um, around Atlanta. So, and we didn't go around and place these things. I mean, these were things that people here were living with. Um, so that How was- did you find them? I just, I went, <laughs> I just, I went through, you know, my- list of my friends and designers mm -hmm. and it's okay I'm looking for um checkerboard floors I'm looking for jib doors I'm looking for you know an, an interesting use of passementry or something they would say I have this this and this awesome. and then my photographer and I would go over and we would shoot it and um so that was fun because these were yeah. these were you know things that were actually being used in people's homes right. and they looked really good so um right now I'm working on my next book which um is under wraps at the moment. And, um, <laughs> but it's basically about the 100 most inspiring designers of the past 100 years. So, I mean, we bring in that design history element, but we also feature a lot of designers from today. And it's also, um, it's international in scope. So that's coming out uh, in fall of 2018. How so long does it take you to do that? taking me a while, which is mm -hmm. why I've taken a hiatus from my blog mm -hmm. <laughs> um, through the end of the year. But it's, even though I know a lot, a lot about a lot of these designers, I still had to go back and, you know, maybe pull some quotes or, you know, find out some additional information. So it did take me a while to do the research and the writing's fun. I actually enjoy that. Um, it doesn't come easily to me every day. But I'm more of a morning person, so I get up and and I like it. It's it's a process. It's just it's a process, and it takes a while. Do you write at your house, or do you have to like go to a coffee shop or something? No, I write at my house because I, it has to be quiet. I can't have music going. Um, I do it in the morning because by the afternoons, I'm just I feel like I'm brain dead. I can't do it. But if I go to a coffee shop, I get so distracted. I'm looking at what this person's doing yeah. and overhearing <laughs> this person's conversation. So I would get no work done. <laughs> no, I can imagine. What? Okay, so we know that you pulled all these things that you felt like had staying power. Mm -hmm. What doesn't have staying power? What what trends from the past are you like? Thank God that's gone. The ivy with the dust. Basket. Karen, we'll clean it out later. Take it off. Yeah, get it out of my house. You know, it's funny if you go back and you look at an 
photos of interiors from 50, 60, 70 years ago, the one thing that you really cannot make fresh are the lampshades because mm. lampshades end up looking so dated. And if you look at photos of lampshades from the 30s and 40s, I mean, they look like frilly bloomers or something. It'll be kind of, <laughs> you know, loose and then with this ruffled hem around the bottom. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's yeah. so, yeah. It's it, it, it would fringe. Mm-hmm. It would be really difficult to bring, to make that, um, current. And, and sometimes too with curtains, with, um, different valence styles, um, you know, you oh, can yeah. go back and you can like Siri mom did fabulous curtains and, and palmets. And I mean, you could use those today. I mean, in miles, yeah. I mean, a lot of his, um, his curtains, I think reference her work, but, um, lampshades, you cannot. Right. <laughs> so yeah, just so her great yes. grandmother Start gives us a lamp, ditch get the a new shade, shade. Yeah. And get, get a new Plus fresh they wear out. You know, they, they, they do. They, they, they do. They do. Yeah. But that yeah. heat will wear them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will. Mm-hmm. And they're but, usually some delicate material that's, you know, sheer. Exactly. They're but you can usually date a lampshade pretty easily. Like, oh, that's 1950s or that's, you know. I have a question mm-hmm. about your magazine hoarding slash collection. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> How do you organize that? Because if you're like, oh, that blah, blah, blah article about blah, blah, blah. How are you going to go find that? Oh, it was in like 1984. House Beautiful. Well, okay. It's kind of, I mean. Do you have like a Dewey Decimal System you're keeping somewhere? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, somehow. Not not all of the time, but most of the time I can remember, um, maybe not the exact issue, but roughly the year, and then I can go back there and reference it. Sometimes I think I need to That's have amazing. some type of tagging Excellent. system or something, but I mean, I don't have time to do that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I organize all my magazines by title and by date, and usually I can remember, but if I can't, it's fun to go back and look through, the, I mean, or I think it's fun to do that. <laughs> I may be the only person who does. But um, but somehow I'm able to keep it pretty straight in my mind. How many magazines do you subscribe to? And what are they? Well, I've always loved magazines. I mean, I've always had tons of subscriptions. Ever since I, I was love a kid. magazines. It was and like I'm, my goal in life to get a ton of magazines When they come in the mail every oh, month, then you get excited. Exactly. Whole, yeah. Well, yeah. And then when I was a teenager, I mean, to get that September issue of Seventeen Magazine, <laughs> the back to school issue. I mean, I just, I've always loved magazines. So today, um, oh my gosh. I mean, I get them. I get all the shelter magazines, all of them. Um, what are the top five people need to have? Oh, yeah. Oh. What should we be reading? Not missing. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... We won't um, tell the editors. <laughs> you don't mention them. Yeah. If you need to go wider Well, I'm that. a contributing editor to two of them, so... <laughs> you can um, mention them. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think you have to have... Um, I think you have to subscribe to House Beautiful, um, Veranda, El Decor, AD, um, World of Interiors... Um, I love Mill U is a great magazine mm-hmm, that um, is, is, hasn't been around too many years and it's beautiful. Um, Flower Magazine. Do y'all get that? Yeah. I we love. had Margo on here. We oh, and I love Margo. Yeah. But She's I awesome. love Flower um, as well. Um, I know I'm leaving out. You did not Atlanta say traditional Homes home. Life. Didn't I say that? Oh, okay. Well, I meant 
to include that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, <laughs> locally, though, we're really lucky in Atlanta because mm-hmm. we have got such great local design magazines, Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles and Atlanta Magazine's Home. Um, and and I don't even really consider them local magazines because people all over the country yeah. read them. Right. They have a national audience. It's funny because I feel like a couple of bloggers that I follow, they're always posting photos from, they're mm-hmm. not Atlanta locals, but they're always posting mm-hmm. photos from Atlanta Homes and Lifestyle. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, we have such a strong design community here. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the people we have on the podcast live in Atlanta and there's hundreds that we haven't even tapped into yet. It's crazy. And we've always had such a strong design community here. I mean, going back decades, I remember growing up and we had fabulous designers here who were as good as any designer you would find in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just smaller back then. Now we have a much larger community, but we've got so many great designers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a tight knit community too, which I think is great. Everyone's very supportive of one another, which you don't always find in other places. No, that's true. They, mm-hmm. they often say that on the podcast, mm-hmm. like everyone's so nice and kind and supportive and right. Mm-hmm. And they really are. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, like trend from the past, or I hate to say trend, but like what theme, ugh, that's not the right word. You can what do item it. From the fa- what item from the past are you going to, like, is going to be the next thing? Like, chinoiserie, All like, right. kind of came back real it's strong. It's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, it's, the trend cycles now are so short. I mean, they come on strong, and then they're gone just like that. True. So we've we've blown through so many of them. I mean, I, to me, chinoiserie will always be in. Right. And I always love it. Um, a lot of people are saying, oh, wallpaper is back. But, I mean, I've always loved wallpaper. <laughs> so um, I don't, you know, oh, gosh. I mean, that's so hard because I feel like we've been through, I mean, we've been we through really almost have. everything. We really have. In the like past Lacker 10 years. Really... Remember Chevron? Yeah. And now it's like, hey, Chevron. I'm like, it's so classic. It's I know. not like a trend. I don't know. It was a trend. But, it, yeah, you're like, it's odd how people rediscover something and then it's everywhere and then people get oversaturated and then they're stuck of it. Exactly. It's like, well, just relax. I know, and then they're on to the next it's, thing. I know. I mean, if, nice you, if you love it, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just keep it. Or sometimes if there's something I really love and I've had in my home for a long time and then all of a sudden becomes the thing, then I just put it away for a little bit and then I bring it back. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Betsy Riley said yeah, when we were talking to her about... Um, Trends and stuff because she's like, I hate it when I have something in my house that's like the super hot trend. I like don't want to look at it. I hide it away, like you're saying, and then wait for everyone to get out of favor, and then I bring it back. back. Exactly, it looks more interesting. Well, like the whole food dog thing. Oh yeah, I know people who had had food dogs for years, and they thought, great, now everyone has a food dog Mm -hmm. or a pair of them. You're not even cool anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's like piercing your nose. You're not unique if everyone's got a piercing. (laughs) Sorry. So what's your personal style? Um, it's traditional, but not, but with pizzazz. So like when I was growing up and I guess still today, I mean, I just always have this fantasy of my you know, ultimate Upper East Side New York apartment <laughs> and what it would look mm-hmm. like. And, um, and it would look great at night. And I don't know. I mean, I think I've tried to to channel that in my own home here in Atlanta. And so, I mean, it's traditional. I love some traditional fabrics, but I have leopard print carpet. Um, I love some mirror, but like antique mirror accents. Mm-hmm. I love glimmer and some glamour, but not too much. Um, just enough. So it gives my place some, you know, oomph. 
right. to Can keep it from being boring. Has it been shot? It has. It was in the New York Times. Okay. And you can go online. We're going to um, it in the show notes so you can all get a feel. Get <laughs> it around your house. But it's changed since then. Yeah. Are you always changing? That was my question. Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny because um, I think in some ways I'm old school in that, you know, it used to be in our, our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, you decorated once. Right. And that was it. And if it was mm-hmm. done well the first time... You maintained it and you refreshed it over the years. Right. You buy quality too. Yeah, exactly. And so I think I kind of, um, you know, subscribe to that school of thought because um, everything is so expensive these days. And I think if you if you do the important pieces well, then you can play over the years with with smaller things, with accessories or art or smaller pieces of furniture. Um, so, I mean, I've had, so some things have changed from those photos in the New York times, but, um, and I've moved furniture around, but wallpaper's the same paint carpet, um, you know, the major pieces. When you say by, you know, the important things, Mm -hmm. what are the important things? A sofa. You want a really good sofa, um, a a well-made sofa that's going to last. Um, not Ikea. Correct. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Not to blast on Ikea, but we know that's not the best But in my study, I have a really good um, Ballard um, Baldwin sofa, mm-hmm. yeah. sleeper yeah. sofa, um, so just in case comfy. They're very comes. comfy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. People we have one it. of those in our creative department at the office of sectional that we've had in there for probably oh God, thing, 10 years. You could take a yeah. great nap We on have it. meetings mm-hmm. on it every day, mm-hmm. and it's it has cr- really stood the great. test of time. Yeah. It's so comfy. It is. People so, do take naps on it. Oh, I, I get it. I've mm-hmm. taken a nap <laughs> on my my own. Um, so, I mean, I think sofas are important. Rugs, um, maybe not smaller area rugs, but if you're going to do a really, you know, big rug in your living room or something, I think you should you should buy the best you can possibly afford because mm-hmm. you'll have it forever, right? Or until it wears out, yeah. years and years from now. Right. Sometimes the ones that are really worn. Are yeah, well, those bear, are lovely right. quality rug right. is mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and they retain their value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, and I think curtains too. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think a cheap drapery is not attractive to behold. No, you can always tell. You can always tell. Like, do nothing. Yeah, like don't throw up something cheap. Wait until you like leave it bare, and then do it. Right well, how does you know one? I mean? How does one know if? Uh, something is of a good quality. So, um, well, this gives back to you. I mean, you have to train your eye. Mm -hmm. So, which is why it's important to go to show houses and go to, um, you know, good furniture stores and fabric stores. So you see what the best is. Mm -hmm. And once you know what the best fabric is and the best furniture is, then you can gauge, all right, well, is this piece, is it that kind of quality or is it inferior? I mean, Mm -hmm. is that training, training your eye and, you know, with fabric, I mean, you can feel it and you know if it's good or if it's not good Mm because it doesn't, if it's not good, it doesn't feel good to the touch. Um, so, but I mean, it's, it's really, it's educating your eye and just going around and seeing these things or going to ADAC or, Mm -hmm. you know, or, whatever your local design yeah. center is. Um, asking there, questions. Yeah, asking questions and just mm-hmm. looking. And and that's an education in and of itself. What's the most expensive mistake you've made 
in your home? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> all right. So I got for my leopard print carpet for my dining room. It, I had it cut too short. Oh. And there was a method to the madness. There was something, and I'm not good with math anyway. And so I, <laughs> there was a reason why I sized it the way that I did. And now I can't figure out why. And so um, that was kind of expensive. And so I'm just living with it. But actually, it's time to replace it because it's almost been 10 years. So um, I can get rid of that mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, and at curtains, I think. I find that daunting trying to to figure out what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the curtains now in my home. I mean, in my living room, my dining room, I love them um, and the fabric's great, but I think I would have made them wider. I mean, so nothing, I w- it's nothing glaring, nothing major, but they're just minor things that annoy me. Mm-hmm. They're custom, your drapery panels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you ever buy an off-the-shelf drapery panel? My house is full of them, so you can't offend me. <laughs> no, well, I mean, yeah, if they if if they looked good, which mm-hmm. these do, and if because but see where I live, my building is nineteen sixty built nineteen sixty eight, and so it's floor to ceiling sliding glass doors, and so and I have nine foot ceilings, so you have to take it all the way to the top, and so because of the size, I mean, it has to be custom, right? And um. And actually, I need some new um, curtains for my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't even know yeah, what that's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but I you, would if they, I mean, if I could, I would. Right. Do you have issues with sun and it fading your panels? Yes. So um, I get morning sun, which is great, except sometimes it's like I live in a bat cave because I keep all the <laughs> curtains drawn in the morning because otherwise it will fade everything. Um, and I just got another sofa in my living room upholstered and I, with a nice Brunswick fabric and I don't want that to fade. So, um, yeah, it's an issue. Yeah. And there are things you can do. I think you can coat. Oh, yeah. Like one of those. Mm-hmm. But I just haven't, I've and... only been there 10 years and I haven't gotten around to doing that yet. <laughs> you mean, do you mean coat the fabric or the windows? Oh, I was going to say windows. The windows. There's yes. some kind of I have some, been a in, film. It's like I've sunscreen. I've been in a you know, like a show house or something. Mm-hmm. And they actually talked about it mm-hmm. in one of the dining rooms. It was, and I think it was a room, it was here in like Druid Hills or something. And it was, you know, three sides of windows and it was a dining room. And I think it had been a sunroom or something before right. they made it into the dining room. And you could tell like in the South, these rooms get hot yeah. mm-hmm. and they're usually not ventilated correctly and all the stuff. And so they had actually written up in the like little room notes that they had treated these windows with this UV protectant and it kept everything, it kept the room cool and it kept everything from fading. And it's a film or something. I think it's a film. Which is, I think, in, so genius. I know. And I don't know why I've never gotten around What to is your problem? It. Think of the money you'd save on <laughs> I fabric. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Then she would really? have an excuse to reupholster. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> Aren't we so all true? Sort of, true. Yeah. It's way more fun to like buy something fabulous and to see some. But you're you not going to see that. You could get new your shoes window. instead of new. Huh? You could get new shoes with the money. You could get new <laughs> shoes saying, instead like, of so getting. Fun yes. You, you could get a Birkin bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of what it would take yeah. to do all of mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, yeah. Yeah. fade on. Right. Yeah. In 10 years, you're going to want something different anyway. Exactly. So just embrace the fade. Exactly. It's patina. That's true. At least you can justify yeah. it to yourself. Do you have pets? I do. I have a nine-year-old cavalier named oh. Alfie, who's my child. Pretty. Oh. And he's my baby. And so he's... um. 
Yeah, he and he is so funny because he's very sensitive to change. So if I move something around in my apartment, if I rearrange something or mm-hmm. um, I put up a new light recently, and all of a sudden he'll walk through in the room and he notices and he starts to do this. I can tell he's getting nervous and he does this forward and backward thing. And sometimes he'll start to bark at it. And I'm thinking, are you telling me that you don't like it? <laughs> was this not That's a good, terrible. was this not a good addition? <laughs> All right. So we've got some fun dilemmas for you yes. to help us with, Jennifer. Okay. I felt like this first one is super long, so I'm just going to summarize it real you quick. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tanya, this is a letter from Tanya. Thank you for your question. She says that she and her husband moved into this house and they initially thought they would only be there for a short period of time. They've been there longer than they anticipated. Mm -hmm. So her main issue is with her kitchen. She sent us some pictures, which we'll have in the show notes. And these are her questions. She wants to refresh the kitchen at a reasonable price. Um, specifically painting her cupboards, but she's not sure if she should do white or uh, another neutral color because she has a sort of floral golden white taupe um, Sort of a tone-on-tone wallpaper. On the wall above some white wainscoting. Um, Which is cute. Yeah, I like the wallpaper. I do too. I like the wainscoting. I like all that. Um, But she's got like honey-colored stained cabinets. They scream to me like 1950s. So that's kind of her main suggestion, how to fix her... Get out your sandpaper and paint those cabinets. Paint them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know taupe. I know white. Here was her other her other concern. Her (laughs) her countertops are kind of a light sand color, and she was afraid. And the wainscoting is white, so she's afraid that if she paints them white, then it's going to be too much white. All right, Jennifer, you're the expert. Talk. Well, I don't know if I'm the expert, but um, with the other people in the room, we're going to. Well, okay. So I personally like the cabinetry to be the same color as, as the wainscoting, um, just so that they're not too many. I think it'll look more cohesive. I totally agree. And I actually don't think it's going to look too light. It's just going to make that cool wallpaper even more noticeable, which mm-hmm. I think yeah. is, it, you know, make that the, um, the thing that really catches your eye, but I would paint it white. Yeah. The same color as that wainscoting, or creamy white, I guess. Yeah, just match that because mm-hmm. it's just going to feel like one mm-hmm. piece of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be very cohesive and mm-hmm. nice. It look nice and clean. Yeah, well, she also mentioned in a separate email something about changing the floors. No, her husband already changed the floors. I think. Oh, okay. I feel like I remember reading that yes. in here because I've read through this yeah. quite a bit. And her husband's very handy, which is nice. Now I will tell you, Tanya, I have painted kitchen cabinets like this mm-hmm. myself. It, it, yeah. I'm impressed. Myself. Um, in a rental, no less. <laughs> now I'm really impressed. I know. And I painted the linoleum floor. Y'all. I didn't even know you Jaw drop. Paint. Okay. Yeah. It was great, though. It was great. And this is back when I was younger and had more energy. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do it now because I'm old and tired. But it, it will take you time. It'll take you probably a full, full weekend or two weekends. You've she got to. She has a good painter. And I'm telling you, be careful. Do it the right way. You know, like sand it, mm-hmm. prime it, sand it, paint it, sand it, like sand between, like take the time to do it well. Because if you do a, a crappy job, you are going to be regretting it every time you open a cabinet door. 
That's my advice, Sonia. Um, possibly wanting to change the wainscoting to subway tile. I don't I think, think that's necessary. I don't think so. I like it. Paint yeah. the cabinets white and you're good to go. Agreed. I think, I think she should hardware. take out that scallopy thing, though, above yeah, the hardware. window. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. That scallopy thing really, de- uh, you know, dates the room. Mm-hmm. It's one of those kind of cornice things. It's wood. I'm trying to describe it to people who can't see the picture. Over her window. Um, I don't think you need that. Knock that thing out. Yeah. Do y'all agree? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then do um, a neat shade Yeah. Mm-hmm. over that window. Ooh. Like a bamboo shade yeah, or something Roman natural. Shade or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. something that's going to... And maybe swap your more modern. Um, cabinet hardware. I mean, Which what you have is totally not to offensive, do. but you may as well make it something extra special. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to the trouble of having them painted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Tanya, I think it's going to be so cute. I mm-hmm. think she's like way more ahead of the curve than she thinks. Because mm-hmm. it's all going to be super neutral and pretty with that pretty wallpaper and the yeah. nice floor her husband mm-hmm. is laid for. And lucky for her, she's got a husband who can do all that. For sure. Even better. Go, Tanya. All right. Do we have one more? Is yeah. That we oh, we have one more. one more? Okay. Yay. This one is from Indecisive Interior Designer. <laughs> she did not want to give her name. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a female. Actually, I'm pretty sure she gave her name, but now I didn't include it in this email. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. She says, my husband and two babies and myself live in a cozy Rambler built in 1985. However, therein lies the issue. 1985. Boring. The orange peel texture, vinyl windows, pergo floors. I'm stuck on affordable and effective ways to add life to my home. Wait, what's orange peel texture? It's like that. Is that the ceiling stuff? Spray on ceiling? Popcorn ceiling, I maybe? It's I don't similar. know where this application looks, is, but you know what I'm you, talking about. I know what you're talking about. We had it in an apartment. But what's it on? Is it on walls? She didn't say. Oh, okay. okay. I assume it's on walls. All right, keep talking. Vinyl windows, pergo floors. Yep. I can decide in an instant. On paying clients, on a paying client's home, but my own home, that's a big commitment I have to live with. Oh, is she an interior designer, like a real one? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. Likely this will be a rental home in the next few years. All the more reason I'm wary of bigger investments. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, husband blessed him for somewhat hand, is my, my husband bless him for a somewhat handy nature, has replaced all base trim and door casings in the home. It made a big difference. If you have any great if you have an idea, great. I think, though, if you know you're going to live in a place for several years and you've got to look at it, I would get out your elbow grease and do some stuff, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, whether it's painting or, I mean, you're not going to replace the windows clearly and do new flooring, mm-hmm. but, yeah. you know, getting some rugs or putting up pretty drapery or, you know, do not sit there and look at that for years. Yeah. These are years of your life. Right. I feel like. Textured walls and ceilings, that's, like, really hard to overcome. Like, to me, I could live with a flooring that I didn't like. I would put down a big old area rug that, like, fills the space almost entirely. But a popcorn ceiling or something, some sort of weird texture on the wall, that I would have to – I would just say – You're not going to be able to fix a popcorn ceiling in a rental house. Can you? That seems really hard to me. Well, you can't do it if someone's living there. Yeah. Because actually, when I bought my condo, it still had the original popcorn ceiling, and I had someone scrape that off. I mean, it's a huge mess. Right. And you certainly couldn't do it if you lived there. And that seems like quite a bit of an investment. It was. It was a big project. Like, I would rather fix your walls, you know, paint it, paint over whatever that is, or... I'm with Karen on this one. I feel like I I made my dorm a wonderful place back in Mm -hmm. the good old days by the stuff I put in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you 
do need to live now and buy some stuff you like. And mm-hmm. but I don't think if you financially don't want to put it in to do because yeah. those are architectural yeah. things. Elements, those are expensive yeah. items that if you're not fully committed to the home itself, but I disguise, paint disguise, it. disguise. Paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, paint's mm-hmm. the easiest, most affordable thing to do. I mean, find a color yeah. you love that works in your home, paint the walls hang up art maybe it'll hide that yeah. orange peel texture which True. i still can't really envision for some i know reason. i don't know okay, what that I is some big drapes it. to hide the walls yeah. i think i was interpreting it wrong i got the feel that it was gonna like she was gonna rent it not that she was no, renting she's it. living in it she said They're likely living. this will be a rental home in the next, in the next few, few years. years all the more so reason that threw me off oh so she's gonna move out and I rent it know. out to people that's kind of what i was okay inferring but well, I, I would if put not money... then i'm fully behind y'all's suggestion <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i would put money into the pieces i plan to take with me yeah yeah the furniture rugs unless it's you know an odd size room or something yeah right and add put some, your money in that add some drama that's going to draw your eye away from the architecture or mm-hmm. you know you can make architecture with interesting plaques or you know things right. that you can mm-hmm. fool people into thinking mm-hmm. that your house is cooler than it is and yeah. i feel like she knows that you know yeah, what I mean? Mm-hmm, She's an mm-hmm. interior designer. She knows. She, <laughs> she just wants someone to tell her she needs to. Mm-hmm. I think she's got some trepidation on the, the level of effort this is going to take to make it feel good. But I can tell you, girl, you're going to feel a lot better if you spend a little time trying to figure out like the solution to this puzzle mm-hmm. in an inexpensive way. It doesn't have to be super expensive. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've all had a rental. We've all lived in a rental. I like always painted my rentals and always like kind of treated them like they were your final home well i i mean as long as it wasn't like a ton of money but i would do stuff that i knew i wouldn't take with me but i felt like okay if i'm gonna be here for three years that two hundred dollars i'm spending is yeah, worth it well worth it me. sure it is. i mean i'm not gonna replace the hardwood floors but if spending a couple hundred bucks painting everything mm-hmm. or you know putting up custom like a window shade or something mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. well and if she's if she owns this and it's going to be her rental she could paint the pergo floors yeah. she could mm-hmm. do like a cool checkerboard on checkerboard on something or you know what i mean if and she owns this of, house um, i think a lot of land um oh my god what is the word landlords landlords i think a lot of landlords like they are as long as you like clear it with them, like all of my landlords was like, I'm painting this or I'm doing this and they're all fine. As long as you're, you clearly you're are making it. sound choices. And if you're an interior designer, all you have to do is tell them, Hey, I'm an interior designer. I do this professionally. I'm not doing something crazy. I just want to paint the floor, the checkerboard pattern or whatever you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. like they'll probably be more flexible. And mm-hmm. so you spend a weekend putting some elbow grease in there. That is worth it for your own happiness. I do think it's so interesting that this line, I can decide in an instant on paying clients homes, but my home, that's, well, that's a big commitment I have to live with. I feel like we do that all the time in the catalog. We're like, design these rooms. Then when it comes to my house, I'm like, I have no idea what I want. <laughs> I can't it's figure a whole it different out. thing. <laughs> it is. It's a major commitment. Yeah. So I totally appreciate that. It's hard. I don't think we helped her at all with our answers. <laughs> well, all she wanted was us to say yes. And we did yeah. say yes. <laughs> I think we're. I think that's our episode, wow, guys. That was so profound. <laughs> Ended on a, on a strong note. And thank you for all the design advice yes. and all the. Oh, this was like fun. I can't like wait a, for your next book. 
well, I'll be glad when it's behind me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's published. Will you come back. Yes. Tell us all about it? Yes, absolutely. I would love it. I would love it. And you'll have to do a book signing in our Atlanta store. I would love that too. That would be great. And when did you say you think of it? Fall of 2018. Okay. So we have a little bit of time. Yes. There's some planning time. (laughs) Okay. Great. And tell them the name of your blog and all that stuff. How can they find you? Okay. So my blog is The Peak of Chic, peakofchic.com. Best name ever. Best name ever. Don't y'all think for a blog? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. It's worked out well for me. And then Instagram or anything? Um, I'm taking a little bit of a break from Instagram while I'm writing my book, but um, I'm, oh my gosh, I can't remember my Instagram handle. (laughs) Okay, well, we can link to it in the show notes. Okay. And then I think, I think it's the peak of chic, but maybe it's, I think it's the peak of chic. Isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things we have to remember. The peak of chic. Okay. <laughs> is your, <laughs> and then your book? The new book? Well, the, the, the old, old one's um, in with the old. Yeah. Okay. At your local bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. All right. There you go. Thanks so much for listening. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app. Or follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Uh, you can find notes from this episode at our blog, um, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And then send us your questions. We love answering them and always get excited when we see them. D- don't worry if we haven't gotten to your question yet. We kind of do little bursts where we might record a couple episodes and we don't for a while. So if if we haven't gotten it right away, then we promise you, we're not going to forget you. But if you need urgent advice, like if you're trying to figure out what to do next week, Say so, because yes, we can email true. you back without waiting for an episode. True. So if you are like really itching on what paint color to put in your living room or something, feel free to say, I need an answer by Tuesday. Good point. We will do our best yes. <laughs> to help you out immediately. Just send us your question. Email them to podcast at net. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.